No time for music, no time for intros. We have an emergency podcast to begin. And you know, I've heard of playing Hurt, and then there's what Zach Meisel is about to do, but when the man that declared the Ahmed War is over several weeks ago gets a chance to react to the actual Ahmed Rosario trade, we can't let a little laryngitis stare, stand in the way of that happening. So, Zach Meisel agreed. It's going to be a short abbreviated version of this because we're not exactly sure how much he'll be able to talk. But when Ahmed Rosario is traded to the Los Angeles Dodgers, we, damn it, we've got to do a show. So are you going to be able to power through this? This is my flu game. <laughs> I can't talk. I tried to get a question in in the uh, press conference after the trade, and boy, it did not come out the way I wanted it to. Um, but I feel like this is important to talk about, and I don't know if I'm going to have a voice tomorrow or the next day, so <laughs> we might as well fight through this right yes. except i made matters worse it's it might be short for another reason i for many reasons stress whatever the heck's going on with my throat voice uh ice cream sounded like a really good idea my wife really wanted ice cream so she brought me <laughs> back a pint of chocolate peanut butter cup ice cream i'm also very lactose intolerant and i ate the entire pint of ice cream so just treating my body like a, uh, <sighs> with no respect, but let's talk Ahmed Rosario. The Ahmed wars are over, I, I think, or maybe, maybe this is really just igniting them. <laughs> well, on the topic of things that make you sick to your stomach, Guardians fans have been watching Ahmed Rosario play shortstop for the entirety of this season. And I think this is a complicated topic. It always has been when it came to Ahmed. I think a lot of people got stuck in positions where they had to defend points that maybe they didn't totally believe in, but you were either in the Ahmed Rosario is really good camp or you were in the this guy needs to sit every single day. And throughout really the last two and a half seasons with you and I doing this, I think our position has always been Ahmed Rosario is a useful player. At times he has been miscast in Cleveland and I feel kind of conflicted on how I feel about all of this. Overall, it's a positive, and I think the Guardians have viewed this move based on what they just did. The biggest value here is that they're opening up spots for the young guys that we've been screaming about for months at this point. Gabriel Arias, Tyler Freeman, eventually, eventually Rokio is going to get a chance, I'm sure, at shortstop. Don't know if it's going to be this year, but that's opening the door for those, those at-bats, that possibility for them to play pretty much every day for the rest of the regular season, and they clearly value that more than obviously having Ahmed, or even just exploring other potential avenues where maybe they could go get some something else, like a, an, a, an A-ball sort of lottery ticket. They opt to go for Noah Syndergaard. I mean, of all of the, the things that I don't think I saw or foresaw happening, I think this would be somewhere near the top. But how do you pick this apart? A couple things. One... God, this sucks. One, um, <laughs> you know, I, I asked in the press conference, I said, if it's such a priority to see more of Freeman and Arias, why haven't we seen more of Freeman and Arias? And the answer was, you know, they thought Rosario would play better. They thought he'd hit better. 
He's shown signs of it recently, but it still wasn't quite to the level that they had seen and were hoping for. Um, and then the defense was not there, and Antonetti kind of admitted that on the call. Um, but I think, you know, I've heard from people over the last, honestly, like the last two months, like they have not been happy with Rosario's defense. And even if, you know, I think part of the issue is that offensively, the best case scenario for him is, you know, three singles. And it's it's just when he gets hot, it's a lot of singles and doubles, right? So that's great when he does get hot. But he's still gotten, I think, was he 86 WRC plus this season? And he's the worst defensive shortstop in the league. So you can blame him for this. You can blame how he's been handled, deployed. Um, but the bottom line is he just was not having a good season. And the fact that he was playing seven days a week, I think I looked up, he he was, remember he was injured, that, what was it, his back was hurting him and I think it was like late April and he missed like four or five days. But otherwise he had started like 90 of 97 possible games or 96, something like that. So he's playing 95% of the time. Like every two weeks he might not start one game. So that, how, yeah, of course you want to see more of Arias and Freeman because you haven't seen them yet. Um, so that part of the equation was like, that's never made sense to me. I think that's why I will continue to say this over and over. Like what is said in press conferences, guys, you, you, you got to stop like listening to what Tito says in a post-game setting about Bo Naylor and David Fry and Cam Gallagher. Like that just, it doesn't matter what, their actions say mean everything, right? So look at playing time, look at trades, look at, you know, pay attention to who's going to start a shortstop more often than the other person. You know, Oscar Gonzalez is coming up now. Like, focus on that stuff and that's what's not what's said publicly because what's said publicly is said for a reason and no one wants to hurt people's feelings. So um, I did talk to some people offline and try to dig a little more and I, I think the main point here is <clears throat> um, they don't uh, they don't have high expectations for Noah Syndergaard, okay? And you can look at his numbers and you can look at his metrics and draw the same conclusion, but this is more just Ahmed Rosario had no trade value. He set it for free agency. I think everybody knows he can't play shortstop. He certainly can't play it for nine innings every day. And he's best used as a platoon guy. guy who let him feast on lefties and... Find somewhere to play where he's not going to kill you defensively. I think the Dodgers can do that. Um, and then with Syndergaard, literally just, we know what the deal is, right? Your rotation right now is three rookies who, for the most part, struggle to get through five innings and are going to have innings caps here coming up soon. And you have Aaron Savali, who's spent tons of time on the injured list the last three years. And that's it. Like, I don't I don't know who's starting Friday yet. Like, it might be Daniel Norris. And Daniel Norris could be DFA'd the next day to make room for Syndergaard. Like, <laughs> that's where we're at right now. So they wanted someone who could give them innings. And I don't know if Syndergaard will give them many innings. I don't know if they'll give them good innings, but he's at least available. Um, and they feel like even if he's not good or anything and they have to cut ties with him at some point, they didn't lose much because they were going to get rid of Rosario anyway at the end of the year, and they want to see more Varius and Freeman. So it's a pretty simple deal. They've made deals like this in the past, and my I need to go chug a gallon of water right now. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, I think it's fair to 
maybe also have some conspiracy level theories here because Ahmed was held out today. And Tito wait, said, wait, 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 wait. How have we not talked about the aliens? I know. Well, that's a perfect time. It's a perfect segue. <laughs> aliens revealed, Ahmed traded, the world is falling apart. The real aliens are so the people Tito- in my mentions saying that getting rid of Ahmed <laughs> is the worst idea ever. So Tito earlier today said, yeah, we're, we're trying to hold Ahmed out because he's got a, like a sword side and we're trying to be mindful of not letting guys play a lot. And and then what happens, he ends up getting traded later that day. So you've already got my conspiracy antenna up. But now they trade for Noah Syndergaard and I texted you. You know what this means? Aaron Savali trade, that's imminent. It's happening now. They had to go out and get another pitcher so that they would feel better about trading Savali for a bet. Okay, semi-conspiracy theory. I'll take the tinfoil out. Tinfoil hat off. We'll save that for later this week. If we ever get to a Patreon show and you ever feel up to actually speaking more than you are right now. The reason why I feel a little conflicted about it is because I think it's a positive thing that you are clearing the decks and getting any excuse you might have been feeling about what you're, what's happening at that shortstop position, gone. Goodbye. The way I termed it on Twitter is you're saving yourself from yourself. And I don't just mean that as, as far as Tito goes. I think there's just so much thought that he's just filling out this lineup card and he's dug his heels in and it's, no, it's always Rosario in the two-spotted shortstop. I mean, he's, I'm sure he feels semi-strongly about it, but let's be real here. If the front office had a problem with that, they really did not want Rosario playing every single day and manning shortstop and hitting in the second spot, they are well within their rights and their power to then go into Tito and say, this has got to stop happening. And they've they've got to tell him that, no, this is not what's going to happen. So we'll just keep hammering it home. It's a collaborative decision. So everybody in this scenario should get some blame. And when I'm saying saving them from themselves... I don't just mean Tito. I mean the front office and whatever respect they feel they owe to to Ahmed for being really what I termed as the perfect stopgap shortstop for two years where regardless of how this season has gone and at times how bad he's been at shortstop, he still gave you some value at shortstop for two years and he was okay at, at, at that position. League average, bad. It, it's not like he was a total zero there. I, I think he was a perfect fit to bridging to what you're hoping to have now in your middle infield. And so I think the organization felt like they owed it to Ahmed to not just rip the carpet out from under him and say, you're no longer the starting shortstop. Is that the right thing to do in the middle of a pennant race? I don't know. But there's a lot of feeling in this organization that people feel respected and that that, that kind of thing is not going to happen to them. And that's just kind of the, the mantra that they carry. So saving themselves from themselves is also Tito not filling out the lineup card and putting Rosario in the two spot, but also the front office and removing this from this equation of feeling that level of respect and not doing a player dirty. You trade him away, you don't have to worry about that anymore because now that spot has opened up. Where I feel conflicted is that the Dodgers are a contending team, good team, that views Ahmed Rosario as being a piece that can help them go win a World Series. Why can't that be the Guardians? It's for all the reasons I just laid out just now, because they're not going to turn around and make him this versus lefty platoon play everywhere, but shortstop sort of guy. But that's that that's the little conflicted part that I feel. We we mentioned that on our most recent episode that it is kind of silly that this team needs somebody that can help them against left handed pitching. 
That's the thing that Ahmed does best. He's got an 800 OPS against the Southpaws, and they traded that guy away, and they're hope they're going to be hoping that they get that sort of production from somebody else against left-handed pitching. So he could have filled that role here too, could he not? Do you know that Tyler Freeman can't hit left-handed pitching? I, I know, I know. But doesn't that feel a little bit silly? But they're just those two teams are in very different on different timelines, I think, and just different levels. Period. The Dodgers are so much closer to a World Series, and they have different needs and holes and areas of depth. And Cleveland, like, I mean, it took it, it is July twenty sixth, twenty twenty three, and we finally get to see all those shortstops <laughs> we were talking about forever. <laughs> oh my God! It's insane. How did it take this long? <laughs> and you know what's what's been disappointing is. Like, Ahmed Rosario is a great dude. I'm a big animal guy. I love animals. That dude loves going to the zoo. I appreciate that. What a good person. That's <laughs> so random. Okay. No, but he's just like a good dude. And I, I just, and my point is like, I feel bad that people have become so entrenched in their stances on him. That mm-hmm. it just got like toxic. I heard from a colleague a little bit right before we popped on here. And they texted me and they said, they said, am I an idiot for sticking up for Ahmed Rosario? <laughs> and I said, like, in general, no. Um, I said, it's like, it's not his fault that he starts every freaking day and hits second every day and plays shortstop every day. And, like, it, it's one of those things where it's like, like, everybody hates something so much that I start to like it, right? Or everybody likes something so much that I we get sick of it, we hate it. I felt like it became that with Ahmed, where it's like, this guy gets way too much. Like, he's having a bad season. There's no getting around that. But like, it got to the point where it was like, I felt bad for the guy. Like, it's, it's, first of all, it's not worth dying on. That's why I told this colleague, I was like, he's not worth dying on a hill for, first of all. But it's just, it's not, uh, like, the Ahmed war shouldn't have been something like this, because it's not that. It's one guy at one position. I know it means a lot in the scope of the team's roster composition, but like we knew this day was coming eventually. And if it wasn't today, it would have been in a couple months. Um, and like he did provide some value. If you think about like without Ahmed Rosario, like last season doesn't happen. They needed him and Jose to be the leaders and to set the tone and all that stuff. And like, I do think that can get lost. Um, I do think like, I mean, I, I think it can't hurt Jose that Ahmed Rosario has been around. You know, I, I don't know if he needs a best buddy to excel on the field. I don't know if he hit two home runs today in Ahmed's honor because he knew Ahmed was going to be traded. Um, but like it helped to have Napoli and Uribe in his corner. It helped to have, um, it's just helped to have guys like that. So, so I, like, that's why I just feel bad that, like, the guy's just constantly trashed on. I almost feel guilty of that, too, because it's just in trying to make points about this team and how decision-making hasn't made sense for much of this year. It's like, well, like, I can still understand. I can still see certain things that this guy does that a team would value and appreciate. Um, so I certainly don't want to stomp on the guy on, on his way out and, uh, you know, yeah, he might find a role that he can thrive in in L.A. And 
you know, next thing you know, you, you look up and the NLCS MVP is named Rosario and he was traded <laughs> from Cleveland in late July. We've seen that story Again? before. <laughs> how, many, how many times does history have to repeat itself before we learn from it? No, I, I, everything you just said is kind of the point that I'm getting at here. He was miscast a lot here in Cleveland. He did provide value. He was not a trash player. He was never a great player, but he was never a bad player. That was always my point when the Ahmed Wars. It was, to me, it was I was so perfectly happy in the middle. And as I said, for two years, I think he provided exactly what you needed. It just it lasted too long. That when it started going into the third year and he wasn't producing and he wasn't being used to the best way to utilize his best skills, that's when it became frustrating. And so for me, I, you know, I wish he could be the guy that fills that role here. I'm not saying that this trade doesn't make sense. I think it makes a ton of sense to, to move on from him and, as I said, save themselves from themselves. But as much as I wish that could be here, I was also, again, losing my mind when it was just an automatic Rosario's number two at shortstop every day. We covered it for months. It didn't need to be that. But that's not his fault. And he excelled at some some very specific things, but also things this this team struggles against left-handed pitching. And he was one of the few hitters that could actually hit left-handed pitching. He continued to do it again this year. I'm hopeful that, that, as you said, Tyler Freeman is that guy. And if he's the next guy up, that he's that guy, that he continues to do all the little things that we're seeing. That Gabriel Arias, this, this three-week hiatus where he just disappeared off the face of the earth and then comes back. Hopefully he's better for it. And they finally can just let him implement some of the things that they had him working on so that we don't hear, well, he needs to do a better job within the at-bats, but yeah, but let's give him more than two at-bats in a week to feel like he can stay committed to the process. This is all stuff for later this week and as the rest of this season unfolds, of course. But it doesn't make it any less complicated and good and bad and all of the emotions maybe that you should feel about the the Rosario trade. We're going to experience them all tonight, and that's fine. I think you should feel every single different part of this because he was a, for his time in Cleveland, I think Ahmed Rosario was a complicated player. Maybe more complicated than he needed to be, but a complicated player. Yeah, I'm trying to think of another example of someone who's been this polarizing. I know there are some. I just, I don't know. Carlos Santana. Yeah. Santana started to blossom later in his career, but I was looking back, he had had a year where he was like maybe eight to 10% above league average. And it was but not that was great. simply That was simply just like people struggling to figure out how to properly evaluate a player. This is, I feel like it's more complex because part of the argument is he's blocking other potential, potential better players. I mean, who knows, but yeah, it's interesting. And hey, aliens. Crazy. All right, what are you going to do? You're going to gargle some salt water? I would recommend that. That's a good starting place. Is that what Hayden Grove did before he sang the anthem today? Crushed <laughs> I don't know. You're his agent. You're his agent. He got one thing <laughs> correct I'm his today. agent, and then I'm talking <laughs> shit to him about him on Twitter. <laughs> then he comes back later and says Rosario should have gotten back a haul. So, I mean, good and bad. Just like Rosario within his career in Cleveland, there's some good, there's some bad. It makes him a complicated figure to completely unpack. I don't know. You're the, you're the voice expert. How do you fix this? This is... <laughs> oh, so far and 
not that. Uh, yeah, I said salt water. That's a good some warm salt water. Gargle that. I would say tea, but you had to get the right tea because sometimes you get certain teas that that actually make it worse. You know, I like tea. I, I don't know. How about coffee? Because my veins are full uh, of coffee. No, no, that's actually a bad thing. The caffeine. Great. Yeah, that's that's not a good thing. Um, the best thing that they recommend. You know, when I got it, I had to do a couple of shows with you, and I I sounded like that too. The one thing they recommend, just don't talk. So I've already (laughs) made you break that In In spring training this year, Mandy Bell had laryngitis, and she was advised not to talk, I think, for two days, maybe three days. But she still showed up to the complex, and... It was like pretty early on, and so there were some some of the newer coaches or uh, players, and she's she's shaking their hands but can't introduce herself. <laughs> so that's I think I've already card. thought about I've already thought about shaking Noah Syndergaard's hand and just not saying a word. Oh, well, you let us know how that goes. You rest that voice. As I said, we're hopeful that we'll be back later this week for an actual full Patreon show. This has just been our instant react and as much as we could get out of Zach. Thank you, buddy. Thank you for clicking play and listening. And patreon.com slash guidecast is where you're going to get more later this week. And we'll unpack all of this and maybe even have uh, a clearer mind on the direction and what we feel about this trade. Until then, we'll see you. Bye.